Hi again, everybody. Thank you for coming back to, to listen to part two of her story. Come and support us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and all the things in between, even on TikTok. We have a resource packet that we would love for you to look at if you need help, whether you're going to be homeless, whether you're homeless right now, or even after homelessness. Everybody needs help sometime, and this is the time of the year when people struggle the most, so we'd like that you even look into the counseling service that we have listed down below. Hope it helps, and have a happy holidays, guys. Now listen to the rest of the podcast. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit more about um, you in particular, like what happened, what experience you had in shelter with your family, um, whether the first or second time, like what things happened? How do you think the workers were towards you? And what kind of helps did you get? Um, the first time when I was, the first time dealing with case managers, when I was in a family shelters, I felt like at that time, they was really helpful. At that time, they wanted to see me to do better. I was willing to do whatever um, they was going to give me, like go to college, I go to, um, uh, uh, you know, make sure my daughter went to a good school, be more involved in her education. And I was going to do all that. Uh, Alan was going to do that too. We was go- we had it all laid out, all planned out. We was going to say, okay, this is where we're going to stay at. Here's the school. Okay, let's work something out where you pick her up at this time or I'll pick her up at that time. We was going to work something out. We definitely was going to try to work something out. But unfortunately, I got denied three times for, uh, uh, for the shelter system. And like I said, each place I went to three times, Three times, there was one to help me. Um, first time. Then I went, I had so many temporary, 10-day, um, I'm going to call them 10-day placements. I went to so many of these 10-day placements, it's not even funny. Um, it got to the point that it got very stressful for me. But as far as the case managers, I was lucky very lucky i had a lot of the case managers i was really concerned that was concerned they cared they wanted me to do better i know even when i was in a couple shelter same thing um i had i had a case manager that was concerned they cared about me they they was willing to stick up for me they even um wanted me to do go back to school. Um, I was encouraged to go back to school. Even after I left the 10 day placement, I stuck it out. I was able to do it because it was only, I was only going to school twice a week at night. So it, 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 I was able to work around that, you know, um, then you got some case managers that probably want to do is argue with you or, all they don't want to do is collect the paycheck or they don't care about that person's feelings. You know, I hear the arguments. Yeah, you know, I did this and I did that. Or, or the, the, at the time that, that we call it the savings plan. They had this thing called a savings plan back when I was in the system the second time around. Where 
if, if, if your loved one is working, it didn't matter if it was the wife working or the husband working, you had to save money. Um, SSI, SSD, you had to save money. Uh, it, uh, it was mandated at the time when you had to do it. I don't care if you had a job on the books or off the books, you had to do it. Um, yeah, it was, it was rough because it's like, if you didn't have it, then it was like, okay, we'll let you slide by. They only gave you like three chances. Or if you didn't have the money, it's like, well, here, this is the reason why I don't have the money. You had to make sure you had proof. Like, well, here's the proof. I don't have the money because of X, Y, Z, you know. If your loved one is working, you only get a certain amount of SNAP benefits. You know, majority of check goes towards food. So you try to keep much food as possible in your little refrigerator or when you buy food, because it depends how much SNAP benefits you get. Um, if you live in a non-cooking facility, you're screwed because it's like everything is gone. If you get like two and some change, it's gone within a month or under a month. And then you have to, then it's like, okay, let me make sure I go to the soup kitchens. Let me make sure I go to the pantries or whatever I have to do. You know, so uh, the last shelter I stayed at, I had a, uh, you like two case managers. No, one case manager is in the beginning it was hard, but then after a while we started getting along. The other two case managers I had, they was they was really really good, and um, the the first one I had was good. The second one I had was 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 in the beginning was good. Then we had a little falling out, but it was good at the end because we was able to work things out. But the last one I had, she was really really good. Did everything by the book. I mean, made sure you had the things that you need. You know, she did things by the book. That's used okay. If you needed a metric card, okay, all right, you get that. Or you need you need a letter, okay. You, well, of course, case managers had to give you letters, you know. But but some case managers they give you a hard time. Oh, you don't need that letter. I'm like, no, I need that letter. All right, here, here's a letter. It's proof that you live here. You know, I need a residence. Like, all right, no problem, Maria. I'll give it to you. You know, you have to have that. You have to try to build that relationship and say, hi, how you doing? How's your day? you know smile you know it, it, you know even though we was in an environment that we stayed there 24 hours seven days a week we still had to you know be like all right how was your day all right all right let me hear what your husband's doing all right he's working oh okay well all right every week you see me okay here's a paper you sign it all right i'll see you next week maria all right, no problem. Same time. All right, well, you know, he got to work. All right, all right. So we'll see you at a different time. You know, you have to negotiate sometimes because it depends, you know, you know, that person's schedule as far as working is concerned. You have to compromise and you have to have that relationship with them because sometimes, sometimes it's like, or sometimes, sometimes I would have to reach out to them because I was in a situation where I had a case manager and I didn't see her. And after a while, I was like, yo, let me just, something just told me, I better check. And then finally, I was able to see her. And I was like, well, you know, I haven't seen you in a while, blah, blah, blah. You know, I was giving you your, your space. And she's like, oh, it's okay. You know, because sometimes 
when you don't hear from the case managers because it happened to me and it's like i better check in to find out what's going on okay i understand the first week i understand the second week i understand the third week after a while i'm like something don't feel right so you had to check in you know another situation happened where the case manager i had something happened and i checked in oh the person's not working here no more it broke my heart because it was like we had a very good relationship that's another thing a lot of case managers disappear because either other things come up they have to take care of the family or you know or or they found something better you know and and it's sad then you have to go through oh okay i gotta go through another one you know you had that relationship he or she and it's like they're gone you know it's hard it's really hard just to try to have that relationship with them you know you know it could be a, a, a what's that word it could be rocky but if you just be like hey listen i'm willing to work with you let's try to work together because i was in that situation where i had a case manager my last case manager i had mean oh but then after a while some just said maria you better have a conversation with her and that's what i did i started up a conversation and that's how we became cool with each other we was really cool with each other and she respected me for for that you know and then my then alan he was like oh okay because after a while it was like why is she so mean you know we come here in a friendly face i mean it's like bad enough the environment we're in where you know it's 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 hard you know we're in our room you know all we could do is pace back and forth in the room watch television share the bathroom yes we have to share the bathroom so we basically had to make sure the bathroom was clean after we use it and stuff like that that's the hard part about it is we had to share the bathroom bathrooms that was wrong share the bathroom with other families when i was an adult family when i was in adult when i was in a couple shelter we had to share a bathroom some family shelters you have um you had to share the bathroom if you do overnight one overnight i did a couple overnights i did i had to share the bathroom in a family shelter oh wow because we did overnights when you do overnight means if you don't qualify to stay in a in a in a in a, in a, in a placement by law, you have to do it overnight. By law. They, overnight, I, never, I had like a whole apartment stay for myself. Like it was huge too. I did it a couple of times. I did it for a yeah. time because I had to go to work and I couldn't come back in the daytime. It was like, I did it the first day. I didn't do anything. I couldn't keep on coming back every day. So I've done overnight, but I never had to share a place with anybody. I got like a little key. Um, if you left the building, you have to Yeah, back, but it depends. But it depends. It depends what what where they take you when they when they put you on that bus and you know okay this is the bus that takes you there, you know yeah I I had apartments you know that were overnights and you didn't have to share no bathrooms and stuff like that, but still there are overnights where you had to share the bathroom where you had to uh. Uh, just like I said, share the bathroom, you know, I mean, you know, I had an overnight where 
I go in the room, I literally had to put a sheet on the window because they ain't had no curtains, not even blinds. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like I said, I made it this far, but at the same time, people have given up, you know, if people want to give up because it's like, well, they're not going to accept me. We're, they, they, they're breaking our families apart, which they shouldn't have to do that. You know, that's one thing about EAU where, you know, your husband and your wife and your child, and then it's like they break the family apart, okay? The baby staying at family and friends, and you go in as a couple, and then it's like, okay, I do have a child, okay, I had to do what I had, well, why is your child not with you? Well, because y'all broke us apart. You know, that's one thing that bothers me. You break families up. You break families up. They probably still do it to this day. You break families up. You know. You know. And, and, and it was rough. And it's rough. You know, fam, uh, family shelters, they want you to have a two-year history. Adult families, they want you to have a couple shelters. They want you to have a one-year history. And I was very surprised. Because I said to myself, families want a two-year history. And then when it comes to couples, a one-year history was a shocker. I was like, wow. I don't know the reason why. With the two-year history, it's weird. But, I, 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 you know, if you live on the streets, where are you going to get these notes from? You know, I slept in the park. I slept here. I slept there. They want documentations. Well, you slept that. Okay, here. You give them all your documentations like you're giving your whole entire life. Just so you could get what you need. You know. Oh, I slept at the hospital. Okay, here's proof. This is where I receive services at, so I sleep here. They want everything. And that's what I, I gave them my whole entire life. I it's it's like a revolving door. All right, I got denied. All right, I'm back again. All right. It's called the revolving door. You got denied. All right, I got started all over again. Here's my ID, here's my birth certificate, social security card. Here's my daughters. Here's my husband's. It's a lot. It's a lot to handle. It really is a lot. And I, I feel that, you know, instead of denying families and they don't have nowhere to go, and then they got to go through the whole bureaucracy of going back into uh, 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 do overnight, it's like, all right. I did what y'all told me to do. My body's tired. I'm worn out. The food is disgusting. You know, I just want a place for me and my child to rest our head. And now y'all keep denying me. I don't have nowhere to go. How long can I do this for? You can't play games with people. You can't. You know, when you do your interview, you sit down and you do your interview with them. You give them your whole entire life. You know, one thing I have said was, all right, well, 
if you stop denying us, then I'll do what y'all ask me to do. I'll go to school. I'll get a job. I'll make sure my daughter's in school. You don't have to worry about that because I'll let you know. I'll pick up my daughter. This, that, the other. That's what I got tired of. And after a while, it's like, well, if you stop denying us, then I could do what y'all tell me to do. I'll say, all right, you want me to go to CUNY? Okay, I'll go to CUNY. Or you want me to go to a, a, a business school? Okay, you want me to do this school, that school? Or you want me to do this job, that job? No problem. But if you if 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 you want something bad, I'm like, it puts then it's like if you yell at them, they get upset. If you try to talk to them and like, well, listen, do what y'all tell me to do. After a while, it's frustrating, and it's like you get upset, you get mad, and, 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 and it gets frustrating. And then it's like, well, I did. I I don't want to get upset. I'm trying to be nice. I try to be nice. I take your advice. Oh, I didn't tell y'all to do this. I, didn't, I was like, yes, y'all did. You know, your word against mine. So if you had to tell a person, um, give them advice about what they should do when they get into shelter. And also, if you what you wanted to ask somebody about the system, what they could change, what would those things be? Uh, I, I just... I think what it is, is the fact is that when you're dealing with the family shelter, when you try to get in, it's like they make you go through so much just to get accepted. They make you go through so much that it puts a wear and tear on your body. They make you go through so much after a while you just want to give up and you just start crying and breakdowns because that's what they want to see. They want to break families apart when they shouldn't. That's what they want to see. So it's like, all right, I go in, I do the paperwork, I come in the next day, I see you, I give you my paperwork. Then I got denied, rushed back the next day to see y'all, go through the paperwork. I said, well, here's more proof. Still get denied. What more pay if my name is not another thing, if my name is not in the lease, I'm I could I, I'm considered homeless. So I'm like, well, my name is not on the lease. My name is not on the lease. Why well, you're considered homeless? Sorry, you can still go back. How are you gonna tell somebody to go back if your name is not on the lease? You know, if you tell me to get all these documents, the best advice to for someone that's going through uh, family and uh, and couples is to make sure you have all your documentations. Make sure you got your last letters. You know your letters. Make sure your bills, like your, your old utility bills, your old telephone bill, your cell phone bill that has your address. Um, just make sure you have all those things. Your eviction notice. Um, your old, you know, whatever. You know, just say hey. I need a letter. If you got that eviction notice, you shouldn't have no problem. But if you're in a situation where you were staying with someone, staying with some, just make sure you get a letter from them, notarized, 
to say, hey, I can't stay here no more. Uh, they don't want me here. Here's proof. And then show them the lease of the person that you were staying with if, if they, if they want to give it to you. That's another thing. You know, the person that you may have stayed with, you don't know if they want to give their give you their personal information. That's another thing you got to think about too. You know, and they and they need to take that in consideration. Instead, of, uh, this is not enough information. You got to do overnight. So it's like every day, five o'clock. I got go to EAU, get that paper, do the overnight, come back around eight nine o'clock in the morning. That's another thing. That was a wear and tear on you. If you gotta do that, if you have to do that every day and you're doing it for months and months and months at a time, it comes to the point it's 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 a wear and tear on you. I know it's a wear and tear on you. Um just make sure you have all your documentations. Make sure you go to the shelters right away. You know, that same day or the you know, like if you got evicted that same day, try to go there that same day or, or in the morning, be like, well, hey, I was able to sleep here. I'm here. Here's my eviction notice. And they have to accept you. You know, they have to go through, they have to make you go through this interview process. Then they do the paperwork. They do the investigations. Um, you know, those investigators. That's another thing. Sometimes those investigators could, all right, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's when those investigators go by people's homes and sometimes they could be very they could be nice or they could be very aggressive or they could be very disrespectful. You know? Some of them could be very disrespectful, some of them could be very nice, or some of them just make a quick phone call. They don't even have to go to your house. They could just make a call. Oh, we did an investigation. We just made a call. I thought you was going to knock at the person's door. Now nah, we just made a call. You know, I don't know. A lot of things have, may have changed throughout the years when it comes down to doing um, investigations and how they go with DHS go, you know. And they, they just, they just very blunt and you know, they ask people all these questions when they, oh, did they live there? Oh, did they do this? Oh, they do that. And after a while, it's like, you know, I heard horror stories. Yeah, they called and they was asking me all these questions. I was like, God damn, <laughs> you know. I so. Know, um well, I know in COVID, they didn't do a lot of the going from home to home. They did mostly call. Okay. That's the good thing about that. Um, in that, not like COVID, but, you know, a good thing about taking that policy they had before. I'm not sure if they're back on foot yet, to be honest. I hope not. Um, but cause I feel like it takes up a lot of time and it can affect a lot of families and different things like that. Sometimes the eviction, it kind of helps you out if you have that. It's like the last thing you did because it's like they take you in more faster, I think, um, especially with PATH and things like that. But um, guys, if you need more information, if you got, um, if you're a person who 
hopefully this can help you because there's a lot of um different stories out there and a lot of different people and all different walks of life and how people go about going to shelter and things like that and i hope the information here today um make you feel less alone because especially around this holiday season a lot of times people feel alone because it's like yeah. even though they have their family they're going through this it seemed like isolating um particular thing is happening to them and they don't realize how much families who have been to shelters you might have somebody in your office right now who has been to shelter but they're not telling you i'm in I'm in the shelter right now or i'm homeless right now because most times families are not seen as like homeless people because they have majority of the time they're in shelters or they're going from couch to couch and they seem i, I want to say more neater than I, what people think of homelessness or they think of like street homeless when people think of homelessness, right? They don't think of families and kids and things like that. People think of just like the man on the street who has a mental illness. No, homelessness is not just that kind of face. And I think we need to change the narrative of how people think homelessness is about. Yeah. A young person could be any age. It can be any color. It could be any background. Um, you can go homeless because you um, had a fire in your apartment or your house. You can go homeless because the land, your name was not on the lease, so they could kind of, you know, take you out as a legal kind of thing after 30 days in New York City. Um, and most, I think, states actually, you are like legally res reside there. But a lot of people don't know the rules of their city or state. And people sometimes, like um, to what happened to me in particular, people can threaten to get you out and want to do bodily harm to you. And the sad thing about it, for certain instances and cases, sometimes they don't take the person's word. Like if you go to the cop, because I try to get the person um in trouble the cops said until they finally do something to you nothing can be done what are you talking about if i have a recording of this person cursing me out and say they're going to do things to me why is it not that's not good enough it should be good enough i feel like it was probably being a little bit lazy i don't know but i feel like if you have a, a person threatening me if they're going to do bodily harm to me or cursing me out because i'm in a certain particular place i think it should be fine um i know for those kind of things because of, I wasn't living with the person either. So that's the reason why if it was that they said something to me threatening and I have it on recording or in written, if you're, if you're living with the person and they're living in that, you know, place with you, you can't go to the DV part, but a person wasn't living with me. It was a fan friend of the family who did this to me. So they said, until they physically do something to me, they, they couldn't do anything about it. So it all depends on how you go about different things and things like that. Cover your bases. I'm just stay safe, guys, because this can be. Yeah, there's, yeah, just you have to cover your, what's that word? You have to cover yourself because make sure you get every, I don't care if you go to a soup kitchen and you use the services, just get a letter. Just make sure if, if documentations, documentation, if you use the soup kitchens, get documentations. You know, if you, if you belong to this club, that club, just get documentation. Say, hey, they know me. Uh, I, I've been involved with this particular organization for years. They have helped me through thick and thin. They gave me advice. They gave me this. They gave me that. You know, just get letters from everywhere. Just to be like, hey, all right, this is not good enough here. Here's another one. Here's another one. The more... The more the merrier. The more the merrier. And and you know, and it happened to me. I got denied, I think three times. And then you no know, two, three times. 
third time was a charm because I had everything. I had everything. And when they told me I got accepted for the third time, I all I could do is cry. I cried on my, I cried. I just came out the room crying and, 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 and got accepted back into the system the second time. And it was during the Christmas holidays. It was during the Christmas holidays. I got accepted. Really good. That's like a Christmas yeah. present to yourself, you know? So that's kind of cool, actually. So yeah, but the only, the only thing I just want to say, too, is when it comes down to the sh the um, these um, shelters, it's just to make sure that when you have them and you and, and, and it doesn't matter if it's a Dell family, if, just make sure that there's air conditions in the rooms, especially during the summer months, because a lot of places don't have air conditions, even though you do have cooling cooling centers, make sure that that they need to install, install air conditions in people's rooms. Because I don't think it's fair for people not to have some type of air condition and it's not good. That's how I feel. Because I feel like this, you, if you're going to have a place and you don't, oh, you can have an air conditioner. I'm like, okay, I'll give you my doctor's letters. But you shouldn't do that because it's like, even if that person doesn't have medical and it's hot outside, you still need an air condition. And that's what bothers me the most when I was in the system. It's like, oh, you can't have an air conditioner unless you have medical. You shouldn't do that because people was hanging out the windows. And I was in a system during the summer months and I would hang out the window. It'll be hot. You know, so me and Al, we, we had to run to the sprinklers because it was so hot in the room. We literally had to run to the sprinklers. Me, Alan, and Alexis, we had to run to the sprinklers because it was so hot. You know, even the overnights, there was no air condition, no nothing. I'm like, my God. It was rough. I, I, I'm surprised my hair still hung in, you know, hung in there. You know, you need to put some type of air conditioning in all the shelters. You know, hotels, yeah, they got them in the rooms. But I'm talking about buildings, regular apartment buildings that you had converted into shelters. You should put air conditions in all the windows, especially, I mean, not now, but when the summertime hits, you could invest, get yourself a nice little air conditioner for each room. The money's there and put, put air conditions in the rooms. That's all you gotta do. Put air conditions in the room so people don't pass out. That bothers me. That bothers me. That. Guys, um, also, if you don't know, if you have a medical like reason and if the shelter is not going towards, like they're not listening to what you gotta say, or even religious um reasons, because I, I, at first they didn't wanna give me permission to go to church and come back at a certain time after you know the time, which honestly, being in church kind of kept me sane. Not, it did keep me sane. You can bring a letter from that organization. If you bring a letter from your doctor, 
about your condition and they don't listen about it, call 311. Because a lot of these shelters are scared of the city coming in and doing investigations about what they're gonna do. If you gotta call 311 a couple of times and make a couple of complaints, do that. If you wanna get a couple of you guys in the shelter to do it together, so we can see if more than one person complained about a certain particular thing, definitely do that. People say don't call 311, da 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 da. I've called 311 about different scenarios. It was happening in my shelter. I had a leaky faucet, they had roaches different things and they definitely came to hang um came as soon as possible and yeah. i could tell that the, the you know doing what definitely helped because they came in like what's the problem like you already know what the problem was i told you weeks ago it shouldn't have to take me to call through on one to come in and help you doing your yeah job. so um yeah. guys we have definitely come at to the end of the podcast for this moment i hope you like her story i hope you heard her different perspective of how the shelter um it's being run in New York City. Um, her, I don't. Well, I don't know she, she said, but her daughter right now is 19, so that the story is older. But it doesn't matter. The problem is that is that you, you can see from her story is that this stuff happened long ago, and this problems are still happening now. So um, yes, things are changing, but it's not changing fast enough from what I see in the system. Things take a very long time to change, and we need to take a stop to it, right? So whoever's listening to the podcast right now and who can help to make a change, because if you're listening and not helping to push out the podcast, that's one, or telling your government officials to change things, that's also a problem. So I do see, I do see some changes happening in the system. It just need to be a little faster. <laughs> I think yes. if we just kind of work a little bit faster on helping families, helping people on the street, helping young people, singles, yeah. singles, uh, anybody. It doesn't matter what part of the system they fall into. The problem is that they need the help and they need it now. So if you can help push along and get to the people who need to listen to these podcasts to hear different stories, not just only her stories, anybody's stories on our platform, right? And hear their stories on how things are changing, um, would need to be changed, I mean, please do that. Please help us out. Please, it don't matter what state you're in, because honestly, California has a high homelessness. Like, every state has a different particular problem. Yes. Homelessness is everywhere. Honestly, in the world, in the world right now. But the thing I can only focus on my country that I'm living in right now at the moment, and I can focus mostly on New York City, because that's where I live, and I feel like that's where I might have the most pull in that particular thing. So please, anybody who's hearing, who can... Who can help us make a change in policies? Who can help us make a change in people's lives? Please help us do that. And yes, things are happening. Like the mayor announced the other day, like I told you earlier in the episode about getting people off the streets and into places. That's excellent. But we also need to get more funding and more places other than just 80 beds. Yes, we're starting out with that because it's a pilot program. But hopefully next year, well, probably we're going to roll into next year. Maybe the year after, we can get more. We can get a whole building. We can hold more than those um, amount of places, you know what I'm saying? And because it is, you know, a smaller number and it's a single person, that means it's, that was probably a smaller building on top of that. So maybe we can get a bigger building, we can hold families next time. We can make the changes if we just put our mind to it and we give proper suggestions. Don't be the person who also says, oh, all these problems, all these problems, what are your solutions that you're going to give? You can't give us all these problems and you don't have no solution, no idea, no nothing. So why are you talking? Why are you wasting our time? Be the person who could talk, see the problem and help make a change in the problem. But guys, thank you for so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of our Hear Our Voices family. We are growing. And if you can help share us out, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. If you want to see more things coming out and more job postings, tell us about it. If you want to be a part of the podcast, please 
um dm us on twitter on instagram and put in the um i might be the one reading it i might not be i have a team working with me it's five of us all together we are right now we are very small so you could anything what you could put in um we can definitely read it we could definitely check it out if you're a person with resources who wants to be on a resource um, list. If you want to be a part of the podcast so we can tell you more about resources in New York City, or if you have something that works for all the cities, that would be even better because you could help more people out there who are listening to this podcast. We would love to have you and your information. Anything that can help anybody, any family, a single person, a youth, it doesn't matter. As long as the resources with a resource that can help somebody make a difference in their life, we would love to have you on the podcast. So guys, check us out on different platforms and I'll speak to you guys later. Bye. Bye.